We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name, as always, is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers. For all of you fine folks on the under end of the speaker, how's everybody doing? Thursday evening for me. When you're listening, it'll likely be Friday morning. And who doesn't feel great on a Friday? I mean, it's Friday. Now, everybody's in a different place in their life, and I hope you're feeling good on a Friday because it's Friday, but if you're not, sit down, take a deep breath. If you're listening to the podcast, you're already in a good place. Open up something cold to drink, whatever that is. For me, it's typically a Kirkland Signature citrus green tea. If you haven't had them, give them a shot. Incredibly good. I drink them like water when I should be drinking more water, but that it is what it is. Speaking of sustenance, I feel like the last time we started the pod, we were talking about old spaghetti factory. So we're going to keep the food theme going. And I'm going to tell you guys that for dessert this evening after dinner, I had some what they affectionately refer to as dump cake. Yes, D-U-M-P, dump cake. I mean, if that doesn't make you hungry, I don't know what does. The word dump when it comes to your food. So let let me describe this for you if you haven't had it. If you have had it, you're probably tapping yourself in the temple going right now. Right now going, I know, I know, Rob, I know what you're about to say. Now, here's how you make dump cake. I feel like I'm going to utilize every opportunity I have to say the word dump. I'm sorry. It's just funny. I'm a little kid. You take apple pie mix, whatever that mix you buy in a can that has the slices of apple. You know, it's all gooey with the brown sugar, the cinnamon, you know, the, uh, 
the syrupy goodness of the inside of a apple pie. You could also get the one you could also get. You could add some cherries. You can do peaches, you know, whatever fruity kind of mix you want to go with. You pour that into a bottom of a cake pan, or as I should say, you dump it into the bottom of a cake pan. This is why it's called the dump cake, because you just dump everything in. That was like two or three dumps in a very short amount of time. Okay, moving on. On top of the apple pie mix, whatever you want to call it, filling. You just straight up dump a box of yellow cake. Just sprinkle it on there until you're all out of it. Dump it on there. All right. And then the last step, the one that takes the most time, but it's still not that much time is you take little like you take like a spoon. You get like any type of like, a you know, a butter that's been softened up or a spread. If that's your thing. I know it's not the most healthy, but I love spread. I don't know why. Maybe that's why, because it isn't healthy. You. Like, slowly scoop out the butter, like, from the very top. You, like, skim it. And to where you're almost left with, like, a a rose petal of butter, if you will. And then you just set them on top of the cake batter. Right next to each other. So that tells you where the health factor is going real quick. You just take the butter and you're just setting it on top of the cake. Literally, right next to each other, row after row after row. And then you just put it in the oven for, like, 40 minutes. And what comes out is this beautiful manifestation of dump goodness. In no way healthy. Dessert rarely is. But that's dump cake. And anybody can make it. It's very good. It's a great dessert. It's great with like a scoop of vanilla ice cream on top of it. Make yourself some dump cake. Like we were talking about earlier. If you just if you had a rough week, you're listening to this on a Friday. Maybe you haven't gone home yet. Maybe you live close to a grocery store. Go buy yourself some apple pie filling, some yellow cake, and some butter. I prefer spread just because it's very easy. It's already soft. Already whipped up. And just treat yourself. Just treat yourself. Why not? It's the weekend. Anyways, I hope that you enjoyed what has been your striking gold cookbook segment for the day. I am by no means a chef, but I can make that. I'm pretty good when it comes to breakfast. I made some pancakes this week that were outstanding, including the slightly crispy edge. So you get that, get that just slight bit of crisp in the bite. Oof. Can't beat it. Can't beat it. I also locally had what might be the best pizza in the Fresno Clovis Central Valley area. It's a tiny little place called Sunnyside Pizza. If you're in the Fresno area, give it a shot. I loved it. Had that nice thin crust, no flop, as the old one bite would say. Uh, just incredible pizza. It compelled me to leave a Yelp review, which I never do. I just thought it was fantastic. Anyways. So here's where I thought we would go over the next few pods. And I, I've I've said we've done we were gonna do this in the past, and I feel like I always neglect it. Something comes up. However, before I get started, I haven't read it yet, but I'm looking at a headline that says Ray Lewis III, son of Ravens Hall of Fame famer Ray Lewis, dies at 28. 
That is, uh, that's heartbreaking. Details surrounding the circumstances of his death are not yet known, but damn. I mean, 28, that's just so young, man. I mean, there's so much to life that uh, Ray Lewis III did uh, did not get to enjoy. That's heartbreaking. I, I ha- Like I said, I don't know what happened. I know nothing about it. It literally was a headline on the website, that, or on ESPN, and uh, damn. So my condolences to Ray Lewis III and the Lewis family. That's... They're going through it. They're going through it. But so what I was going to say was, let's start breaking down the roster. It's something we want to have done before training camp because we want to, by the end of training camp, we want to have a very solid grasp. I just, if you, I talk with my hands sometimes. And when I just said grasp, I like grasped my fingers, almost like an infinity gauntlet type thing, like that Thanos gif. I just did that. Oh, what's that movie? We built a zoo, we made a zoo, we bought a zoo. Let me look it up. It's an actually underrated, incredible movie. I think it's called We Bought a Zoo. Yep. We Bought a Zoo with Matt Damon. I absolutely loved it. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it just did something for me, but unbelievable movie in my opinion. I recommend checking it out. The movie is called We Bought a Zoo. Matt Damon, Scarlett Johansson, and his sweet family. Great movie. Check it out. I just have never really heard anybody talk about it. And then it came on. I believe the first time I saw it was when I was still in Texas uh, in the military. And I just watched it by myself. And I was like, that was an incredibly heartwarming movie. So within that movie, there's a part where he says, I just can't get a handle on it. And as he says handle, he like tightens his fingers. And I did the exact same thing. So we're going to get a handle on the roster. We're going to go through each position group. Here are the things that I would like to talk about with each position group. Okay. Roster roundup. Who's on the roster? Who's in that position? Uh, the, we don't know everybody. Not, not intimately. So we're going to go just go through who's on the, who's on the roster. How that, how that roster performed in 2022. What were the additions and losses? Who's the projected starting lineup for 2023? Are there any competitions within this position group, whether it be for a starting role or for a roster spot? What is my confidence level in said position? And are there any concerns? I guess those two are kind of going to naturally flow together. Of course, I did have football practice today. I can feel my nose just getting a little... Stuffed up as I talk. We talked about my allergies last podcast. I don't want to make it a consistent thing, but it's definitely a consistent thing in my life. I'm going to take a quick little drink of water. Told you, got to drink more water. Can't always be Costco green tea. And of course, so so let's break down the roster. Uh, it might take us, my guess is three podcasts. Couple position groups, maybe three per podcast. And let's just see where we go. I mean, we'll get through the entire roster. We should get through it right around with maybe one or two episodes to spare before training camp. And then we're all in a good spot on what we what we know about the roster, what the roster can accomplish, what kind of, you know, what kind of state it's in. And I guess we could probably do one more episode summarizing 
kind of the entire roster as a whole and what we think is going to be what's it, what we think it's going to be like moving forward. So let's get started. We're going to start in the same place everybody would expect us to start. Maybe maybe the conversation isn't as uh it, you know, it's it's been had. Y'all know my feelings, but we're still going to start with quarterbacks for the sake of thoroughness. Everything starts and ends with the quarterback in the NFL, especially with the 49ers who have gone through the absolute ringer when it comes to quarterbacks over the last, I don't know, five, six years, even with Jimmy Garoppolo at the helm. So 2020 starting off where I said I was going to start off. 2022 performance from the quarterback. You got to start with Trey Lance, who came in, played one torrential downpour game against the Bears, a game that the 49ers lost. And it was a game that the 49ers had a somewhat of a grasp on for most of that contest. But You just knew the longer they let the Bears hang around, the more out of control it was going to get, and out of control it got. Trey Lance ended up completing 46% of his passes, no touchdown, an interception for a 50.3 quarterback rating. He was sacked twice. He also had 13 rushes for 54 yards, no touchdowns. 49ers did not score a touchdown that day. Did they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. I'm almost positive they did. Maybe they didn't. What was the score? I'm looking at the game. They lost 10 to 19. Yeah, I guess they would have had to have scored a touchdown, right? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Doesn't matter. Trey Lance was okay. He did whatever he could do in in a situation like that. It was his first game as the starter. It was what it was. I'm just not going to overreact one way or another to it. He threw three passes against Seattle, completed two of them for 30 yards, and then that was it. Ran the ball, got smacked by a defensive tackle, I believe, and broke his ankle. That was the end of Trey Lance's 2022 season, and we have not stopped talking about it since. So there's not too much to say in regards to Trey Lance's 2022 performance. And then we go over to Jimmy Garoppolo, who, let me see if I can get his, I've got the 2022 roster up here. The one person whose stats I forgot to pull up was Jimmy Garoppolo, but I've got him up here now. So Jimmy Garoppolo played in 11 games, started 10 of them. The 49ers in that time went 7-3. and 
Jimmy Garoppolo completed 67% of his passes for 27 for 2400 yards, 16 touchdowns and four interceptions. During that 10 game span in which he started 10 games, Garoppolo was very good. He was he was solid. The 49ers were winning games and he was they weren't losing games because of him. It was impressive. It wasn't mind-blowing, but it certainly was not bad, and it had a very big impact on how the team did. I mean, the fact that the 49ers elected to keep Jimmy Garoppolo on that roster, despite the awkwardness, ended up saving their season. For the most part. Now, obviously, Purdy stepped in after Garoppolo and was outstanding. Would he have been outstanding if he was stepping in after Lance's game and a few snaps? I mean, that's a whole lot different than sitting behind Garoppolo while he went 7-3 and for 10 games. So, obviously, the team ended up doing fine under Purdy. But would they have been the same if Purdy came in and there was no Garoppolo? So, I do think that the team deserves some credit, despite kind of the... Mishandling of Garoppolo-ish, the awkwardness of was surgery needed, when was it needed, the timing of things. Now we're seeing that those same weird scenarios have presented themselves now that Garoppolo has been to the Raiders. Despite all that, the team elected to keep him around on a friendly contract that ended up working out for Garoppolo, given how much he played and how much the team won. Win. One would be a correct word there. His, he signed an incentive-based contract that had a lot of money put into bonuses for each win, and it paid off for him. And the way Garoppolo played in 2022 greatly influenced how much he got paid by the Raiders this coming season. It sounds like everything's going to work itself out in terms of Garoppolo's contract and the guarantees and the fact that he didn't pass the physical and you know they delayed the press conference because things were just getting so weird. All that aside, the way Jimmy Garoppolo played in 2022 greatly influenced the type of contract he got with the Raiders. So, all in all, a solid performance from Garoppolo, but it was very clear that both sides were ready to move on. In the end, Despite his solid play, he got hurt again for what I believe was the third time in his five seasons. Got hurt in 22, played most of the season in 21. Got hurt in 20, played the entire season in 19. Got hurt in 18, was got onto the team and played five games in 17. So it was back and forth for Garoppolo. No one was surprised when they moved on. That being said, played well. And then in comes... Brock Purdy, who played, in my, in my opinion, he played phenomenally. For him to step in and in nearly every statistical category perform at an elite level, I mean, he came in and played like statistically from every metric and number, he came in and played like a top five quarterback. Now, is that the case? We'll see. We need a little more time. But what he came out and did was nothing short of unreal. In the regular season, he completed 67% of his passes for 13 touchdowns and four interceptions. 
nuts for a, a brand new seventh round rookie just stepping in and didn't just do it like that. We saw how it happened. He made plays. He put stuff on tape that was impressive. And then in the postseason, to go 2 and one completing 65% of his passes for three touchdowns and no interceptions. I mean, there's not much more you can say about that. There is a reason he's considered the favorite for that job right now. You can go back and watch it, and it might impress you even more than it did the first time. Rock Purdy was outstanding, and he has thrown a wrench in the entire quarterback scene for the 49ers in, a, in the best way. And we'll see where he goes from here. It, it, it's it's freaking sweet. Additions and losses to the position. The 49ers have added both Sam Darnold and Brandon Allen. A couple of veteran guys. Sam Darnold's going to come in after having an, a weird year in Carolina. Obviously, he was taken out of the starting lineup. Then he came back in. He played six games. The team under him, a Carolina team that was not impressive, went 4-2. and two. He completed 58% of his passes for 1,143 yards, seven touchdowns, and three interceptions. By his standards and what he had put on tape so far, it was his, it was uh, the start of what would have been his best season in the NFL. But obviously, he played the second half. He comes to a 49ers team that gives him a legit opportunity at some at, at, to make waves. Then you've got Brandon Allen behind him, who spent – the last three years in Cincinnati didn't have to play a ton of games in and out 10 or 10 touchdowns, six interceptions through a total in four years through a total of 263 passes completed 56% of them. It's the guy who's been in the league for four years can come in and be probably a practice, a practice squad presence behind Darnold Lance and Purdy. Now here's the problem with Brandon Allen. After clicking upon his profile, I now see that he looks a lot like Paxton Lynch in some angles. That is not a good thing. Paxton Lynch was like a low point for me in the NFL draft. I watched the NFL try and like pump him up into something that for some reason and I do, this, is, this isn't because of my scouting chops. I never believed he was going to be anything. And they talked themselves into him. He was drafted in the first round by the Broncos, and obviously we know how that went. So, And all I ever see when someone mentions Paxton Lynch, and, and, Paxton Lynch, and now that I've seen Brandon Allen, and then in this picture he kind of looks like Paxton Lynch, all I see is that a goofy gif of Paxton Lynch doing like the, I can't remember what dance move it is, but it's so bad. I just like, I just leaned my head back and like looked at the ceiling. It's just so bad. So I'm sorry to to Brandon Allen for looking like Paxton Lynch. That just, you've been shackled with bad vibes now. And I, hopefully you can overcome that and just, uh, Hang out on the 49ers practice squad. Do great things. I don't mean to put that on you, but it's the first thing I saw. I couldn't get over it. We'll see if I can. 
Additions and losses. Obviously, we know the 49ers lost Jimmy Garoppolo, and they lost Josh Johnson. I do not believe really any of 49ers universe is really breaking their hearts over either of them, especially after how the NFC Championship game went. No huge losses. You could consider Jimmy Garoppolo a huge loss. He obviously completely transformed the trajectory of the 49ers organization, but it came to a point where it was time to move on. That's why they drafted Trey Lance. They stumbled upon Brock Purdy. It's time to move on and see what their current cop crop of quarterbacks can do. I just clicked out of my 2022 roster that I had here just so I could accurately do my... There we go. Got it back up. Click on position. Organize. Got it. Starting lineup. As time goes on, it's starting to seem like Brock Purdy. For for a minute there, I was pretty sure that Purdy's recovery was either going to be on right on schedule or they were going to maybe let it take a little bit longer than they needed just to play it safe with a quarterback who they obviously respect a lot, the 49ers front office. Now it seems he's already throwing the football. Standard NFL football, Purdy's throwing it. He's not throwing Nerf balls. He's not throwing weird things. He's not throwing towels. He has graduated to throwing footballs. And if you look at the if you look at the the calendar, it's still mid June. Training camp doesn't start until late July. It's starting to trend in a direction that there may be some elements of training camp that Trey Lance, excuse me, Purdy might participate in. John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan both seem very confident that Purdy would be ready for the start of the regular season, which is almost mid-September. So that seems obvious at this point, barring any setbacks, which from everything I've heard anybody say about this surgery, his condition, the recovery, it doesn't seem like that's even really a likelihood. So Purdy's working out. I mean, he's on a trajectory that seems solid. Like he's going to, he might be ready during training camp, during some portion of it, be able to partake in some of it. Maybe it's not until the back half of it when media are not allowed anymore. Maybe, maybe he plays some preseason action. I doubt that because they probably want to be able to control. I mean, in a, in a preseason game, quarterbacks can get hit. And I don't think they're going to want to throw Purdy into that environment yet. And rightfully so. But it just seems like he's a little ahead of schedule, maybe a week or two. And it seems like he may be able to take, partake in more of the offseason than we think. So uh, until further notice, Brock Purdy is the starting quarterback. Now, that doesn't absolve Lance and Darnold from their competition to be the backup. And should something happen, the next man up or the guy to start off the season. Let's say that the 49ers just think that Purdy's not quite there. He's a little paranoid about his elbow. He's, his arm just seems like it's not up to strength. Maybe there's something keeping that squad from throwing Purdy out there. If that's the case, then it's either Lance or Darnold. I'd probably put my money on Lance at this point. And I think the 49ers prefer, would prefer that. The optics of Lance losing the backup job to Darnold would do them no favors if they wanted any chance of trading Lance to a quarterback needy team should one arise. And then there's also the, I was thinking about it today. I remember when Javi 
I think his full name is Javier Vega, got his hands on some practice film of, I believe, Trey Lance as a rookie. And obviously, they're just highlights. There's plenty of stuff we didn't see, but it was Lance making some absolutely ridiculous throws, the type of throws we got used to seeing Patrick Mahomes make, and the kind of throws that people thought Lance might be capable of making if he developed how the 49ers thought he developed. And I, I look at that, or I remember that, and I'm like, man, there's still a chance that Lance makes a run at this thing. Now, it seems like, and for rightfully so, Purdy's standing in his way, and he should be. Even Lance said that. But just thinking about those clips and, and thinking about the fact that Lance is, is you know mostly healthy for the first time in a long time, given his broken finger, his knee injury, it's... It's an interesting concept just to think that there's still so much untapped potential and there's still so much unknown when it comes to Lance. So we'll see what he's able to do and who's able to position themselves as the primary backup, the guy that's completely active on game day, game day that doesn't have to be the guy that takes advantage of the third quarterback rule. So we'll see. But neither of them, being Lance and Darnold, do I qualify, quantify, not qualify, as a starter at this point until we get some sort of message that throws us off the idea that Purdy could be ready for the start of the regular season. I think Purdy's going to re- be regular for the start of the regular season. Competitions just touched on that. It's between Lance and Darnold for that backup role. And given what we know about the 49ers, that backup role is an important role. Confidence level. It's a tough one. I mean, what am I? What should I rate it on? One to ten. My confidence level in this group is like a five. It's, it's not low. It's not high. It could very, very easily be like a seven or an eight. You know, but we just don't know so much. We don't know is what condition Purdy's going to come back in. Is he going to look like the same quarterback? Can he repeat the things he did in twenty twenty two? Can he exceed them? Will he regress? If Lance beats out Darnold, what and and some reason Purdy's not ready. What's that going to look like? Um, is that even something I should be wasting time thinking about? Um, or is Darnold going to turn it up and and beat Lance out? Now, are we going to see him starting under center? It's just so. It's just question after question after question. I can't be confident in it. I think that there's a chance of being a very good room, and 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 I think Purdy and Lance and maybe even Darnold have a chance to be the reason 49ers win games. It's just, there's, there's just so much. We don't know. Okay. And and I would, I think that I've already addressed the concerns. You know, I've talked about them in previous podcasts. Is Purdy going to be the same quarterback? I mean, is he going to be able to duplicate what he did? Because it was just so damn impressive. NFL, the NFL is going to be coming at him with everything they've got. Whenever I say everything I got, what was that movie? Everything I got. Everything I got. What was that? Where he's lifting and he's saying that. I want to say it was with Paul Rudd. Y'all can tell me. If, if, if any of y'all, I mean, you'll find it, whether you know the movie or not. But just screen record that clip and just send it to me so I can laugh. I might look it up on myself, but I'll probably forget. It's hilarious. I can't remember what it's from, but I'm pretty sure it has Paul Rudd in it. Anyways, role models. It's, that's not the movie, I don't think. I'm not saying that's the movie, 
but it's a, a hilarious movie that has Paul Rudd in it as well. All right. So that kind of wraps up our, 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 our summary of the quarterback position. We've gone into depth so many times on that whole scenario. Um, and go back a couple episodes, embracing multiple quarterback realities. Go check that out if you haven't already. We've been into depth. I don't want to drag it on too long. Let's step over. Let's step over to running backs. The next position closest to the quarterback. That's how we're treating this. First things first, roster roundup. Who are the 49ers running backs? We're starting off with the obvious, Christian McCaffrey, the leading man, the wonder boy, the rocket muscle for Guy Haberman. Shout out to those boys. Behind Christian McCaffrey, you have Elijah Mitchell and Jordan Mason. Then you've got the former third-round pick, Tyrion Davis-Price. Then you've got two undrafted additions in Ronald Awat and Kalan LaBorne. Hope I didn't slaughter his name. Might be Kalen. Interesting group. Obviously, we know who the king of the, 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 the pile is. I guess before, just given the order in which I have them written down, let's talk about the losses before we additions and losses. Um, the addition of Christian McCaffrey was made during the season. So I guess we won't really include that. Since then, they've lost Marlon Mack, who never really came in and had a role. They've dropped Tevin Coleman, who last season didn't have much of a role. Um, and that's pretty much it. They've And then they've added a couple of undrafted free agents. And they've kept the same amount of guys. So, it's a good group. I mean, obviously at the front of the pack, you've got Christian McCaffrey, who just was unbelievable last season. Probably his second best season in the NFL since he got there. He... Um, between the Panthers, I mean, can I get something to sum this up? Does it sum it up? It does. Okay. So between the Panthers and the 49ers, McCaffrey finished the season with 244 carries for 1,139 yards and eight touchdowns. He averaged 4.7 yards a carry, which is very solid, just purely from a running standpoint. Very solid. He also added 85 catches for 741 yards and another five touchdowns. From scrimmage, that's 1,880 yards and 13 total touchdowns. That is unreal. It's not his, technically, statistically, it's not his second most impressive season. That was in 2018. He had 19 165 scrimmage yards. Also at 13 touchdowns. And then in 2019, get ready for this. McCaffrey had 2,392 scrimmage yards. That's just everything combined. And 19 touchdowns. Just an absolute animal. <laughs> he had a couple seasons where he battled some injuries. And then the 49ers got him the next year. One of the best trades the 49ers have made in a long time, right there with Trent Williams, right there with Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, obviously Garoppolo is a little different. Things got a little weird, but in terms of just drastically changing the outlook of, of a team, Jimmy Garoppolo was up there. So an unbelievable move by the 49ers in 
10 games, Christian McCaffrey was able to rattle off 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns with the Niners. I expect him, should he stay healthy, a little knock on wood for y'all, I expect him to do the same next year, maybe closer to like his 2018 season where he was at 1965. Just an unbelievable player. An unbelievable player. He's your starting running back. That's that's just, uh-huh. Now behind him, you've got an interesting competition that I believe is between Elijah Mitchell and Jordan Mason. Now, Elijah Mitchell had a rough 22, 2022. He only played in five games. He only had 279 yards and two touchdowns. You know, between 21 and 22, he's he's proven that he's a very effective runner. He's physical. He's quick. He can do the damn thing. But his body just struggles to hold up. I can't even remember what reason he got hurt, but I can look it up. And then right behind him, you've got Jordan Mason, another undrafted guy that just looks the part. Last year, he managed 43 carries for 258 yards. That's six six yards a carry. Now, he rattled off some big runs in there, but he was just effective. And I think he's the perfect complement to Christian McCaffrey. More of a, I mean, he's 5'11", 225. He's a big dude, probably more than that now. And he is just a hard downhill runner, still very quick, very explosive, but he's a very good complement to Christian McCaffrey, somebody who I'd like them, I'd like to see them get Mason a little more involved this year. We'll see what Elijah Mitchell can put together. Obviously, a very impressive running back if he can stay healthy. But I would say that not only is his backup spot guaranteed, but I mean, maybe a roster spot isn't even guaranteed. The same could be said for Tyrion Davis Price back there. Yep, he was a former third round pick, but just has not caught on, did not catch on in his rookie season. He only got 34 carries, didn't even manage 100 yards, and averaged 2.9 yards a carry. So behind Christian McCaffrey, you've got a little bit of a competition for the second and third running back. We'll see. Did Kyle Shanahan bring in a couple more undrafted free agents to to compete with those guys? I don't know. Uh, I mean, they're always you have to wait and see them, but you can always see them when they, you can always tell when it's happening in training camp. The 49ers have just made it a habit of like bringing these in these undrafted guys in training camp, and all of a sudden they're streaking down the field, and you're like, uh oh, here we go again. It's just it's their thing. It's their thing. Uh, Ronald Watt in in college at uh, UTEP. I always have an affinity whenever I see a running back from UTEP. Man, I just it just instantly takes me back to being in the military. I went to like two or three UTEP games. I should have gone to a lot more. It's just man, like they're on Friday nights. You just had a long work day. It's hard to get up and go to a football game. Military days are really long. So, just making excuses for myself. I should have gone to more. During his career, which for the most part was really two seasons, he did. He had six. He had forty-two carries for one hundred and ninety yards uh, as a junior. Looks like a redshirt junior. But his last two seasons is where he bit off most of his meat. Between those two years, he had three hundred and sixty-nine carries for seventeen hundred and eighty-one yards and eleven touchdowns. He also had 11, 17 catches for 235 yards. So receiving not a huge part of his game. But during that time, I mean, he averaged 4.8 yards a carry. 
it was a solid, solid couple of seasons. That's when he made most of his money. We'll see six foot, 205 pounds, decent sized running back. We'll see if he's another one. We've got Kalan LeBorn. Now it, it could be Kalen. It'd be a cool way of spelling Kalen. Hopefully it's not. This man had himself a season, 302 carries for 1,513 yards and 16 touchdowns. He also caught 16 catches, 16 passes for 116 yards and no touchdowns. So definitely has a, well, could this be somebody that challenges for a third or fourth spot? The 49ers have a a loaded roster. I don't know if they're going to elect to go three or four running backs. They could elect to go three with Kyle Juszczyk dropping into things. We'll see. But behind Christian McCaffrey, there is a whole lot of room for whoever the hell wants to to take to grab the horns, grab the bull by the horns and run with it because nobody there. I mean, Elijah Mitchell kind of far and away has done the most, but last season he missed most of the year. He only started one game and he only played in five. And whereas Jordan Mason, I mean, he played the back half of the season and he had some performances in there that really put the 49ers on the map. I mean, you know, that, that long run against the, uh, the Seahawks, he had four carries for 64 yards in that game, 16 yards a carry. The game before that, he had 11 carries for 56 yards. That's over five yards a carry. He never had a bad game, really. I mean, his, his worst game came in the last game of the season against Arizona when he had eight carries for 28 yards and kind of just put it away. So I'm interested to see. If you're talking about possible competitions in that group, I mean, it's like the whole group. You've got Elijah Mitchell, Jordan Mason, Taryn Davis-Price, Ronald Awad, and I'm, I'm going to even add in uh, Kalan LeBorn, like It's any of them. Like If uh, any one of those guys can go from undrafted to the second man behind Christian McCaffrey, I mean, they'd have to have one hell of a performance, but I'm not going to put it past them. Elijah Mitchell just hasn't been that good. And at the very least, hasn't stayed healthy enough to just kind of you know, he just doesn't give me that grasp. Do the little finger thing again. Doesn't quite give me the grasp, I would think. Now, if he is healthy and he's ready to roll, he's shown that he can be a guy and deserves to be that number two right next to Christian McCaffrey. But if he can't just kind of make that definitive, then you're going to have Jordan Mason breathing down his neck. You got to look up a clip of Stone Cold from his WWF days, and it's I mean, he says that, breathing down our necks, but he's mocking or he's repeating everything Vince McMahon says. And you've got Undertaker and Kane standing next to him. And you can tell, he even said so much, Undertaker's about to bust up laughing because what Steve Austin is doing is so funny. But he just keeps putting his head down and kind of bringing his hand up to rub his nose so you can't see his mouth. It's Just look it up. Trust me, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to feed y'all some, some laughs here. So we've got... Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, Jordan Mason, Tyrion Davis-Price, Ronald Awant, and Kalen LeBourne. And we'll see. We'll see. Confidence level sky high. I mean, when you've got Christian McCaffrey at the forefront and you've got Kyle Shanahan's run game and creativity, confidence is sky high. I think this is going to be a massive, massive group, a massive, massive year for, for McCaffrey. And, uh, and and anybody who can who can seize the opportunity to behind him, I've got a really high confidence level in the running backs. I mean – I might even creep Christian McCaffrey in my fantasy league, even though technically as a keeper, he's going to be my first rounder. I'm like towards the end of the first round. And I just think he's going to have a massive year and I would hate to leave those points to somebody else. So we'll see. 
Concerns, same concerns I would have for any position. Injury, Christian McCaffrey's had some injury scares in the past, um, cut short a couple of seasons. But, I mean, if you look at how much he was used during the first three years of his football career, it didn't surprise me at all that he was beat up. He got healthy during those two years and came in and had a huge year for both teams last year. So, other than that, I don't, I mean, the depth behind McCaffrey is kind of scary. But again, Elijah Mitchell does deserve some confidence just based on the way he played in 2021. Maybe he can get back to that form. Jordan Mason, not sure he's necessarily ready to be like a lead back, but he could certainly handle a lion's share of snaps. I have no confidence in Tyrion Davis-Price, and I just don't know what to expect from the two undrafted free agents, so we'll see. And I I think that's a good place to wrap it up. It's been 42 minutes. Um, We've gone over the quarterbacks and the running backs. I think next time we hop on here, we do fullbacks. We do tight ends. I mean, you know, there ain't much to say about fullbacks, but I'm going to give them their due time. We do fullbacks. We do tight ends. Maybe we throw in offensive line. I mean, I could probably do wide receivers by themselves. We'll see. I mean, offensive line is going to be so – it's hard for me to elaborate on offensive line, but maybe we do one more pod for the offense, and then we'll have a couple more for uh, the defense. All right. So that's, again – Quarterbacks, running backs, we've got those on lock. We now know kind of what to look out for. And just kind of doing this pod has given me a new appreciation for just what's at stake with the running backs. We kind of already have talked to you about ad nauseum of the quarterbacks. We know what's going on there. But the running backs are a lot. There's a lot more at stake there than I kind of thought there was. So it was cool to look at that group and just kind of break it down. But anyways, I appreciate y'all. I got I to gotta go play some Diablo 4. I don't know about y'all. But Diablo 4 just came out a couple weeks ago. I'm trying to create a an end game level 100 character. That's what you should be trying to do too because it's just it's just the way it is. If uh if any of y'all play Diablo, you can let me know. But if you know, you know. I love you guys. Thank you for listening to Striking Gold. Please drop us a five-star review on iTunes or Spotify if you feel we deserve it. Other than that, you you already know how I feel. The pod wouldn't exist without you guys uh, pressing play. So I appreciate you. Thank you very much. As always, everything good must come to an end. So that is it for us this week. I'm Rob. This is Striking Gold. And for another episode, we are signing out. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.